The government controls what we eat. They control what we think. They control what we feel. And then we wake up one day and be like, damn, I got But isn't that American dream or that American dream is? Because there's more people that live that type of fucking American reality. But isn't that American dream or that American dream is? Because there's more people that live that type of fucking American reality. But isn't that American dream or that American dream is? Because there's more people that live that type of fucking American reality. Hold it up and smoke it. Transgression of progression of a war we ain't asked for. Transgression of progression of a war we ain't asked for. This madness, yo. All the things that we could talk about. Call it. But let's talk about these urban circumstances real quick. And basically, it's the and um we got this. So revolution. Muhammad is the famed name forever stand. Standing on royal, fusing of justice for the few, ridiculed by the pale terrorists, bent on genocidal obsession, rooted in fear of neglection and abandonment, fueled by nightmares of ancestors. True, because at the end of the day, I still want to be able to, to, I don't dislike George Washington. The kind I of friends I think our friends should be like my friends. My places. friends are the kind of friends I think everyone needs. My friends see the things at times I don't see. My friends hate the police. child trying to see you, you gonna look, you gonna pick up that book, Lord keep me far from the space, guide me through night and day, teach me your way, show me the righteous way to sway, Lord can you teach me please, show me the way, I'd say. Ryan Risings, and welcome to another episode of the Urban Conservative with Chaz Neal. We're excited to have you join us on this thoughtful discourse and community engagement. The Urban Conservative is proudly sponsored by the Leon Black Network, an organization committed to promoting transparency, truth, and accountability in our media landscape. Here at the Urban Conservative, our mission remains steadfast to bring you the latest news directly from the streets addressing critical topics such as gun violence, crime, politics, and perhaps most importantly, exploring solutions to the profound challenges our communities face. 
as we embark on this third season, the focus is clear. It's time to actively contribute to the transformation of our communities for the better. How can we achieve this? The answer lies in a multifaceted approach that starts with reconnecting with our core family values, strengthening our sense of community is paramount, fostering bonds that transcend the barriers that often divide us. Moreover, it involves embracing our foundational roots, recognizing the historical and cultural threads that weave through the fabric of our society. In this season, we are calling for more than words. We seek action. It's a plea to move beyond mere rhetoric and engage in tangible, impactful initiatives that contribute to positive change. The time for empty words has passed. Now more than ever, we need to put our convictions into action. Together, united by a common purpose, we can make a substantial and lasting difference in the well-being of our communities. So join us on this journey as we explore not only the challenges, but also the opportunities for growth and progress. Together, let's turn our shared vision for stronger, safer, and more connected communities into a reality. Thank you for being a part of the Urban Conservative with Chaz Neal, a platform dedicated to fostering change and making a positive impact on the world around us. Shut up and help. Um, Y'all already know what it is. It's Black History Month. Um, and all this month I have done um, our ancestors, our, 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 our community leaders, our, our black greats, uh, people that we maybe not know about, have never heard about. Um, and this morning, I, I wanted to talk about Otis Frank Boykin, um, an often overlooked African-American inventor, was born on August 29th, 1920 in Dallas, Texas. Despite facing financial challenges, he excelled at Booker T. Washington High School in Dallas, graduating as valedictorian in 1938. Boykin's journey continued at Fisk University in Nashville, where he balanced college, college with work at an aerospace laboratory. After graduating in 1941, Boykin joined Majestic Radio and TV Corporation in Chicago rising to a supervisory role. In 1944, he worked at the P.J. Nielsen Research Laboratory. Financial constraints led him to leave graduate studies at the Illinois Institute of Technology in 1946, prompting him to start his own company, Boykin Fruth Incorporated. In 1959, Boykin secured his first patent for the wire precision resistor, revolutionizing electronic equipment manufacturing. His subs subsequent inventions included, including an, an improved resistor in 1961, significantly lowered production costs for devices like transistor radios, guided missiles, television, and IBM computers. Boykin's impact extended to medical technology as his invention played a cru crucial role in the development of artificial heart pacemakers. Despite facing adversity, Boykin continued to innovate, patenting 26 electronic devices throughout his career. He passed away in Chicago on March 13, 1982, leaving behind a legacy of groundbreaking contributions that deserve recognition in the history of inventors. Um, 
I didn't I didn't know much about him, and that's why I um wanted to read and, and tell you guys about Otis Boykin. But I actually have something also uh better. So I have a video that is about three minutes long that really goes into more detail of what uh Mr. Boykin, his inventions and what he did. I know I could describe it, but uh, putting it into actually seeing it is, is better than than just having me describe it. Uh, so I'm gonna play this video real quick and then we'll be right back. So it's three minutes and 25 seconds. Otis Boykin was born August 29, 1920 in Dallas, Texas. He was born to parents Walter and Sarah Boykin. His father was a carpenter and preacher, and his mother was a maid. At a year old, his mother passed of heart failure. This possibly motivated him to later create his most known invention, the resistor, which helped to make the pacemaker more efficient. Growing up in Dallas, he attended Booger T. Washington High School and graduated top of his class as valedictorian in 1938. He received a scholarship and moved to Nashville to attend the HBCU Fisk University. While at Fisk, Boykin worked as a laboratory assistant at the university's nearby aerospace laboratory, and he graduated from Fisk in 1941. Upon graduation, he moved to Chicago and began working two jobs, one as a clerk at the Electro Manufacturing Company, where he became foreman, along with working for the Majestic Radio and Television Corporation. By 1944, he began working for P.J. Nielsen Research Lab. In 1946, he, alongside his mentor, Dr. Hall F. Fruit, started Boinkin and Fruit Incorporated, and they began drafting inventions. Boykin's first patent came in 1959, the wire precision resistor. His invention allowed a precise amount of current to flow into a particular device or a component. Two years later, he progressed his invention, creating a more affordable electric resistor that could be mass produced. This ultimately led to lowering the cost of manufacturing electronic devices, making them more affordable to the general public. His resistors were incorporated into numerous products, including guided missiles and IBM computers. In the early 1960s, Boykin was a senior project engineer at the Chicago Telephone Supply Corporation. While working for the company, Boykin conducted much of his research for the pacemaker. Using his technology, he made the pacemaker more efficient. Today, it has helped to save and lengthen the lives of millions of men and women around the world. Boykin moved to Paris in 1964. Here, he created electronic innovations for the French market of consumers. Boykin created the electrical capacitor in 1965 and an electrical resistance capacitor in 1967. Over his entire lifetime, Boykins patented 26 electronic devices and created a number of consumer products, including a burglar-proof cash register and a chemical air filter used in gas masks. Boykins' contributions to society changed the consumer electronics market, and they continue to save lives today. So, I, I want to give a shout-out to... Odious Boykin, uh, 
for me, just understanding and realizing that there's a lot of things that, um, you know, public education didn't teach us or, you know, things that they didn't, they left out. Um, Cause those type of things we should be, be proud of to know that people that, that look like us um, were able to achieve things without affirmative action, without EOE, without DEI, um, shit, with, even without the, the Civil Rights Act. So there was things that people could do all on their, 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 their drive, their, their motivation, their, their merit, uh, and, and still people dislike them, look down on them, but you couldn't take away their talent. You couldn't take away their God-given ability, right? So that's, for me, I, I, I see, and, and honestly, Otis's story made me really want to, and it's not just Otis's story, because it, it's our story too, even, and even though this was years ago, uh, it's not what it was. It really wasn't years ago, you know. Uh, and that's why I, I really wanted to get into this discussion today because we're at a time where I think people are not going to say say be misled. Um, but words change, and words have changed for since the start of time since the start of evolution of time um how i how i feel and uh you know even when it comes to to blackness uh and that's why i wanted to really have this discussion and i'm glad jontel joined um for the simple fact of that this is a discussion that kind of yesterday we were a little bit having and and maybe not in such the context of um where i i wanted the conversation to go so i'm hoping that you know uh i'm not gonna say hoping because I, I know it's gonna go this way so um but i called this episode redefining blackness from resistance to empowerment um and i say that for a reason and um I'm going to get into my explanation. And then when I'm done with my explanation, I want John Tell to speak and how he feels about blackness, because that's kind of what I'm going to explain. Uh, you know, for me, how I see my blackness is I've had to fight for my blackness and I've had to fight for my blackness of for something that I, I maybe still don't even realize what it actually is. And I'm OK with that. Uh, I just know that from the things that I've researched, from the things that I've uh, found out through my lineage, through my family history, is that I'm a black American. I, I can't find, and beyond DNA tests, I don't know where my family comes from in, in Africa. Not and that, not saying that I don't want to have a relationship or an understanding of Africa, because that's not what I'm saying. I want to understand where my people came from, where, where my great granddaddy came from, beyond of just finding a number. That's it, because you don't, I don't find a Neil, you know. Um, so it's 
that for me is where I, you know, feel like fighting for my blackness because I've had to fight for it my whole life. Uh, and I don't think people fully understand that. And to see that the different terminology and the different words have changed over time to be things were are acceptable. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there because I I will have more to say as it as it goes on. But I just want you guys to get a, a kind of understanding for me what my blackness means to me. Negro, if you ain't paying attention, I am paying attention. Okay, I was just saying. I was just making sure you was done. Oh yeah, I'm done. So that's it? Okay. So to be black is to fight for your blackness. I That was the first thing you said is for you, you had to fight for your blackness your whole life. But I feel the same way. I was always told I'm not ghetto enough. I'm not hood enough. I talk too white. I'm too well-spoken. But then on the other side, I always had my white teachers because I never have a black teacher say you're so well spoken you're not like the others you know so both worlds treated me a certain way and i always had to skirt a fine line and so i got to the point where i said well fuck it and i've always been alienated in speaking along those lines of things so anyway to be black is to fight for your blackness i feel as though many if not most black people feel that they've had to fight for their blackness whether it's within black communities themselves or within the greater american landscape and social hierarchy whether it's code switching at work to making sure that you're well spoken in class we are not a monolith we are all also very different so our perception of what blackness is and our own self-reflection self-perception varies greatly because again we all have different percentages of african heritage and dna and ancestry european and asian and indigenous ancestry dna culture ethnicity within our blood so we all might have different components textures percentages of how we perceive what our blackness is to us and that is okay but at the same time you know you look at the lgbtq plus community and how we're all very different but we're all grouped into one group so is it fair for all these different i know i'm not the same thing as lesbians but i'm thrown into the same category i'm not the same thing as someone that's half black but i'm thrown in the same category because of the one drop rule so is it fair is either one of them fair that's a question for people to ponder and i'd love to know people's thoughts about that because it's very textured and complex and i don't think there is a wrong answer to that but again, we're not a monolith, so I want people to remember that. That's why we say communities, not community. We were bred to work and self-hate. So of course we fight each other. Of course we hate each other. Of course we have this component of self-hate to us. So it creates this turmoil within. It creates this battle within to fight for your blackness. So of course we fight against each other. Um, words to describe us um, change 
Yes, and so do our perceptions of what Blackness is. So over time, I think that it's always important to check ourselves and understand that there are multiple generations living at the same time, and it's okay for one word to be politically correct or incorrect in a number of different facets. And I think people forget that, that it's okay for that to be possible. It is a truth, it is real, and it is perfectly within reason. So it's what I think is not okay is to harp on a different group of people just because they have a different idea of a certain word. Um, well, so that those are my takes. Right. <laughs> no, and I, and I appreciate that because, you know, there people don't understand the fights that, you know, the different fights that we have to go through to, you know, sometimes um, prove our blackness for the simple fact that people see black a certain way, you know, um, and I always thought about that because you right. you made a great point in the beginning when you said that at school, you know, because you talk differently, you were articulate, you were, right. um, um, I'll say advanced, right? Right. And, but a lot of people, when we see people like that, you know, because certain people are called that black excellence. And then we'll be like, well, what makes him different than me? All because he speaks differently. Right. Is that you know what I'm saying? So then it's we start to look at people differently because in our minds, we feel like the only only reason why they're succeeding are people look at them differently than than us. It's for the simple fact of put it this way. If a if a black girl's name Ashley, does that automatically make her a better citizen? Right, 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 right. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And yeah. that's the, I feel, the, the elephant in the room, right? Yep. Because we can sit here and, and just like I'll, I'll speak on it yesterday, we were literally saying the same shit, just in different contexts, mm -hmm. right? And I thought about that all fucking day yesterday <laughs> all day yesterday right i thought about that because i got a couple calls what after I got yeah no 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 it's all good i figured i would right so on the way home from work last night i was talking to ashley and i said did you listen to the episode today and, and she's like yeah i had to get off uh. I, I i said why and she's like because i hate when you two do that and I said, I know. And I said, the crazy thing of it is <laughs> I let emotion get involved right. instead of just looking at the shit for what it really was. And you know what I'm saying? And she was like, yeah, I said, I know I got a couple calls too. And she was mm -hmm. like, damn, what they said? I said, basically the same thing that you mm -hmm. just said. And um, I had to really think about that. And I thought about that all day yesterday because I don't have a problem with being critiqued, right? Right. Because I I want to do better. Uh, and what happened yesterday is that, you know, I'm a work in progress. I'm a WIP. I'm, you know, my patience is there, but it ain't fully all the way where it needs to be. And that's why I always give you credit. And like, if you go off, I let you go off because I know at the end of the day, you're always going to turn right around, reflect on what you said and did, and then think about it and have dialogue again. So like right. at the end of the day, it ain't nothing for me. Like if people just new to this and they just jump on and hear us going off, they might think one thing, 
But for me personally, it's another because I already know what it is between us. So just for a record, people tuning in right now, it ain't no thing because I personally know at the end of the day, if I feel as though you coming at me or you just going off for no reason or your emotions get the best of you is what I should say, then it's not going to stay that way. The, right. the the best part of being human, it, one of those things is self-reflection, checking yourself, accountability, knowing where you did wrong. When you know better, you do better. Like you said, WIP, work in progress. It really is. And that's one thing I always will give you credit for. And one thing that I take note of and admire and try to be mindful of myself because us as black men, it's important. Like there's a lot of things that society will throw at us, right? And we have to stand on and just take and eat. But at the same time, if we're to be strong, we have to be vulnerable, which means checking ourselves before anyone else can check us. So we can say, nope, we checked that. Now what else you got to say? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that's where, you know, I... And that's why I literally wanted to talk about blackness is because of the simple fact of I feel like a lot of our problems come from miscommunication, mm-hmm. understanding, misunderstanding, and not being knowledgeable um, of our roots because we get caught up in wordplay. And that's what that's what happened yesterday. I got caught up in wordplay. And then I and it, at the end of the day, it wasn't even wordplay. It was me not understanding the context of how you were using certain words. Right. Yep. And and and, and that's the one thing of that we have to understand. And that's what I I can't stand them Twitter spaces like that when they get to be because it's not just two people. You got like six or seven. And Right. We'll never get anywhere, anywhere, be for the simple fact that nobody wants to take accountability, because the only that's the only way you're getting a unity is to be accountable. That's the only way, and that's another reason why I wanted to talk about this too, is because we have so many people that look like us, say they talk like us, say they walk like us. <laughs> But when it's when it's time to vote and write legislation, they ain't, they definitely ain't nowhere near us. Um, so I found a video from actually I don't know when it's from, but this guy is explaining the use of the word black, and I found it to be very very interesting. It's only about a minute long, but he gets in the very good context. And then I wanna I wanna talk about some other things that go along with this with, with black. So let me play this. Oh, uh, whoops, got to that's saying for Introduced through the Black Panther to Black History. Introduced a lot of I was introduced through the Black Panther to Black History. Because when I come up, if you call me black, this is like calling, you know, saying your mama or that that proverbial on your shoulder. And then through the civil rights movement, even entertainers, Curtis Mayfield, James Brown, all of them, Temptation, Smokey. But James Brown was the most powerful. Say it loud. I'm black and black I'm proud. Stokely Carmichael. What kind of power we want? Black power. 
Fred Hampton introduced a lot of I was introduced so that's that's somebody elder that is saying that when he was growing up to hear the word black it was more of of, of disrespect right so mm-hmm. I wanted to wonder, and he brings up a, a very great point about the civil rights era, because, you know, when you look at black American problems, you can look through history and start to see things change, right? You can see things start to shift and you can, and then you start to understand why. And it's because they've always seen us as a certain way. They've always have seen us as a certain way. And and I'm not just talking about white people because I'm talking about the world period. Talking about the word period because what does black mean in Spanish? If you're a man, Negro. If you're a woman, Negra. So it's all, and, and words change. Again, the, the how people take it, the context, the way that, you know, over time. So, and I don't know where the hell I'm going with this. Kind of do, but I kind of don't. Because you see how he even says that in, in, the, in the video of that, you know, James Brown, The Temptations. You know, one thing that he brought up was I'm Black and I'm Proud, which was one of James Brown's biggest songs. One of his biggest songs. And then it, it takes me back to even Lil Baby in, in 2020 who had one of the biggest songs that year. That was some about the movement, about Minneapolis about George Floyd about police brutality about Breonna Taylor and have we gotten anywhere but other than you know because when you sit there and you listen to James Brown even probably to this day you say I'm black and I'm proud what do you do you you feel good you feel good you know what I'm saying when you get out in them streets and you you're taking over and you know you're out there black lives matter what do you do you feel good right because you feel like you're fighting the system you feel like you're fighting the system but all the while because of who you're fighting for and i want people to remember this who you're fighting for they write legislation so that they find it illegal they find it illegal all for standing up for what? Black. Black. I would love for somebody to tell me I'm wrong. Hmm. Or at least kind of like I'm in a, 
I'm in a wrong direction or we can even put it into to greater context. Because that's what I want to have. I want to have conversations of like this because at the end, I want to show you something else. I'm going to switch the screen because I want people to see this. Oh, let me pull it up. Okay. So I got it. Oh yeah. I forgot I can do it that way. So on the screen, can you guys see it? Nah, probably not. Nope. You gotta, you gotta add it to the, all right. That's good. right there. Right there is good. Okay. Oh, whoops. No, you can't see it. Yeah. I gotta yeah, add to the can. stage. Yeah. Okay. Whoops. There you go. Now. Okay. There we go. All right. But zoom in a little bit. Big. I got to close this. I got to close these ads. Yeah, zoom in a little bit, though. All right, can you see it now? Yeah. Zoom in more? Nah, I can see it. That's 150. Oh, you can that see works, too. Yeah. Except for this dumbass ad. So this is, I want people to see, is the top 20 ancestry groups in the U.S. Um, and this starts in the year 2000. So you see there was 42 million German, 30 Irish, 24 million black African-Americans. Then you see number four comes in fourth is English. I don't know what the hell American is, but there's 20 million well, Americans. That, that uh, is a multitude right. of different things. So oh. it could be indigenous. It could be indigenous people. It can be black people. It could be white people. It could be uh, multi-racial or biracial people. But how can it be okay? Because all those people don't identify white because. because all those people might identify as American over anything else. Yeah, because you see American, you see Mexican, Italian, Polish, French, American Indian, Scottish, Dutch, Norwegian, Scott, Scottish, Irish, Swedish, and then you see white. European. So here go the 2015 results. Let's see if anything has changed, right? German, Black, African American. A lot Mexican has changed. Of any race. Irish. Irish got booted down to American, four. It used to be number Italian. two. Right. And I, I want I want people to see other things too of certain language wordage. Because you see Chinese. French Canadian. Philippine. You know. So there we go, Mexican, English, American, Italian, Filipino. So then we go to the 2020, the latest ones. White is number one. Now look at the population, 229 mm -hmm. million, mm -hmm. right? Where? Hmm. I just want to show because I'm guessing it takes. Really I'm guessing odd, it takes. Right? 
because I thought, okay, maybe they bunched in the John. No, I think it takes all, all the, together, right? But no, they didn't because yeah, exactly. They took have all American, the different white ethnicities in German, English, Irish. They still have all their own. So, who the fuck is white? I really, 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 really want to know because I, I, I always believe because everybody you go to, most people that are American, that are German, who are Irish, who are Italian, um, who are European, what do they consider themselves? White. They don't consider themselves German. They don't, half the time, they don't even be knowing if they're German or not. Well, I, I think I'm German. Well, you don't know? Well, I, I know I'm white. Well, what is white? I ask people that all the time when they say that they're white. I said, you're just white? What is white? Mm -hmm. What is white? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I honestly want to know because, like, for, you know, for people to say that, you know, I'm black, I can at least say, well, I know my, my oh, yeah, I can hear you, my bad. You were going in and out, but I can't. I could hear you. Got you. Uh, but it was it's crazy because like even when we ask people, okay, you're black, but black from where? Because you know we see people that come over from Africa. They're Nigerian. They're Sudanese. They're Nigerian, Ethiopian, Somali. You know what I'm saying? South. They African. don't identify as. They don't identify as black. They identify as African. Thank you. So that's why this is why do they and this is another thing of why I wanted it. And this is you, but you there's a difference. Think about the difference, though. Those people are coming from Africa to here, whereas these people that identify as white, I came under that moniker from being born and raised here in America, where that name is really came to to popularity because over in europe they don't say they're white they say they're italian they say they're greek they say they're british they say they're welsh over here they that you don't start with that when we say what's your background what's your ancestry then they say that but when you say what what are you you know people just say i'm white i'm black because that's the culture here so when people bring their cultures here they don't associate with that so like I think one of the things is that big number, the 229, might be a grouping of all the different white so-called nationalities and cultures thrown into one. So but you but I just but the only thing that really shakes me, right, is the the number that it jumped. Because even if they did put Germans only went down, I think, 33 million. So, okay, let's take that. That's still 190 million. Where? Because Germans didn't go down them. Oh, I just said German. Um, no other group went down significantly like that. Unless it was the Irish. Because they... Yeah, that one about 25s, but yeah, I mean, that's still a large number because that's 46. You got the Mexican. I don't know. I just don't. And I, I want to show why I'm even talking about this because there was a post on. Oh, it's not a post, it's a tweet. Let me get it right. A tweet on Twitter. Um, 
because it's not a, and I guess we call it a post, but um, they use it as a talking point to vote a certain way. And I, I don't believe that for me, I think that's using a narrative when they, because they use the 2015 and not the 2020. And it's like, I think if you show compared both, you could see that we, maybe we do outnumber, but I don't see how. I, for me, it just blew my mind that, uh, God bless America. Uh, hold on, let me, okay. So here it is, it is the know your real number value in America, right? This is what scares them. We got numbers, y'all. Can y'all see that? I don't know. So now can you see it? I switched over to Twitter. It's a little small, can you zoom in? That's too cool. Yeah, I was trying to, and I don't know if it is going to work or not. But this is, it says, our 13% makes up the second largest group in America. We're not a minority, they are. But see, this is the, the 2015 results. Now, I want to go back and share this other tab. 2020. Why, why, I feel like that's, a, you're misleading people when they say that we, we outnumber because when you look at the census i just feel like people want to to rather push a narrative instead of facts to try to make a point and i at this day and age that shit's only confusing people instead of um educating them so rambo was wanted a nation that didn't know their history. It was part of the Eastern European immigrants to be welcomed as white. Prior to that, white included Arabs, Turks, Moors, and others. Hmm. Correct. The more you know. So right. you think about Aryans, you think about Aryans, you think about the Caucasus Mountains, everything around that part of what we think of as the Middle East, whatever you want to call it, the, the Anatolia, you know, that whole area Turkish people, Persian people, Iranian people, Iraqi people, those all were considered white people. Like I was telling you while I was talking about on my show, talking about uh, India and how black people came to India and they were at the, high, the height of society. They were revered. Blackness was loved and cherished uh, until Aryans came in and Aryans were the fair-skinned uh, thin-nosed, straight-haired race of people known as white people that came in, turned everything on its head in India. We have the caste system that we have today, but over time, those people just branched out in all gener uh, in all directions, from what I understand. And that is a lot of context to what the party of the World War II <laughs> from Germany. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Um, those people based their superiority off of was somewhat off of that race. Um, and I think that has a part to play in like, you know, the whole idea of whiteness, what it means to be white and 
and or superior allegedly I also wanted to get into the whole blackness for a reason too because I don't under I don't think people understand or or know what's going on because we have a new crime bill that is um in Congress that is being talked about um that is even worse than the 1994 crime bill and I want to educate people because for the simple fact of you have one state right now that is in the process uh, that their governor actually did call a special is a trip and, and it's a damn sham because it is one of the worst prison systems in America, uh, especially when it comes to our black and brown uh, brothers and sisters. Um, and I'm talking about the state of Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that executed uh, my uncle, my great uncle, not once, but twice. Uh, and was innocent so to see that this is what they're doing because if people don't understand what's happening this is a preamble to basically what our congress is going to do and our do we want our kids our future generations to have to deal with these things and i need people to understand that because i see all of these legislators i see all of these uh, a black leader saying how bad the 1994 crime bill is and, and was, but haven't repealed it, haven't done much about it, beyond saying that they were, were sorry. And some ain't even done that shit. Some ain't even acknowledged it. Some say it was Biden still, well, I don't know what the hell Biden thinks because if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. So, uh, lock him up, Joe. Mm-hmm. Huh. Lock them, lock them niggas up. Mm-hmm. But I want to play this video because it's it's from Gary Chambers Jr., who is out of Louisiana. Uh, he's on Twitter. If you you don't follow him, please go do. Very bright young man. He's in his I think late thirties, uh, maybe early thirties. Uh, I started following him last year. Uh, found him during a reparations uh conversation him and i think the guy's name is marcel he's from uh, south carolina uh republican conservative men and i really took a liking to them because of not because they were republicans but because of their policies because their policies were focused on poor communities poor black communities and it was about uplifting and empowering us instead of just telling us to just pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. So let me get into this Gary Chambers real quick. I guess I got to take it off. Let me read you some of the th- things that's about to happen. In- 
right, some of y'all don't like to vote. You think it's dumb. Let me read you some of the things that's about to happen in Louisiana because y'all don't vote. You got a new governor. He's doing a special session on crime. Let me read you some of the laws they're about to change. Number one, to restrict parole eligibility. Number two, to restrict or repeal the earn rate of good time or the diminution of sentence for good behavior and earn compliance credit. Number three, to expand the criteria for which probation and parole may be revoked for technical violations. Number four, to require a unanimous vote of the parole board to grant parole and to increase the powers of the board. Number five, to require electronic access to criminal records and certain records from juvenile delinquency proceedings. Let's go to number eight, to add the crime of illegal use of a weapon or dangerous instrumentalities to the listings of crimes of violence. Number nine, to increase the penalties for the crime of carjacking. Number 11, to lower the age of a person deemed to be a child for the purposes of dispositions and sentencing for the commission of delinquent acts. Lowering the age that we could put kids in jail. Number 12, to expand the list of crimes for which a child may be confined to the custody and care of the Department of Public of Safety and Corrections and to remove eligibility of modifications of certain sentences. 13, to grant immunity from liability based on certain criteria for peace officers and public entities that employ or appoint peace officers to give cops more immunity. Number 15, to specify the method of administering the oh. sentence of death to provide for civil and criminal liability and to provide the confidentiality or records relating thereunto. New ways to kill people with the death penalty. Pro-life, right? Dang. Number 17, <laughs> uh, to scary. add limitations and restrictions regarding the filing of post-conviction relief. Number right. 18, to authorize the carrying of concealed weapons by certain persons without the necessity of obtaining a permit. Number 19, to grant immunity from liability for persons authorized to carry concealed handguns. So for all y'all in New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, and all of the surrounding areas who decided to opt out of the Louisiana governor's race and not vote last year, hmm. he giving you his thank you card right, right here. Calling card, legislature going in session. They coming. Wow. And the crazy part of it is what people don't even understand. I'm going to show you something else because this shit blew my mind so as you see on the is Louisiana's over incarceration is part of a deeply rooted pattern there was a part that I wanted to read in here so Louisiana had the highest incarceration rates in the country over the last decade by fairly wide margin margins the state's population is roughly 62 percent white and 33 percent black but those numbers nearly flip behind bars where 34 cent and 34 percent of the inmates are white and 64 percent are black almost double black people's representation in the general population now tell me that's how is that legislation not directed and towards black individuals to keep them incarcerated to keep them in slavery and, and, and how is that now how is that not to keep us down and people don't even understand that yeah because the way that they have you know when you go to prison down there they immediately put you to work and you covered an right. episode where you talked about 
they really they say supposedly that they give you a choice it's voluntary but they really don't give you a choice as you said and then again social pressure peer pressure do you really want to sit in your cell all day or do you want to go right. do something but then again you're forced and pressured to work for nothing essentially exactly. so what does it look like they're doing modern day chain gang to me and that's what's crazy to me bro because it's like nobody is really talking about this but a few black conservatives and it shocks me because a lot of this legislation because let me see who the governor is for louisiana if i remember correctly i think he's a republican Um, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff Landry. And he's a he's a Republican, but he used to be a Democrat. I remember that. I remember now because I I had to I wrote I've written his administration uh, an email about my great uncle. About Willie about how I can get his uh, his case uh, looked at because there's enough evidence uh, that shows that Willie was innocent uh, to get his name clean and, and exonerated for a crime he didn't commit. Um, but damn, yeah, that shit, just reading that and even hearing it blows my mind because we have a crime bill coming um in a very scary ass one but they're gonna hype it up like it's gonna just like they did in 1990 94 how they said it was gonna do great things in our communities and it didn't this is just another wave and we're gonna allow it to happen if we don't educate if we don't get out there and vote because i heard a great thing last night in a twitter space of everybody wanted to hype up Joe Biden's uh, primary uh, in South Carolina, that it was a landslide, that he won, it was 90, he had 97% of the vote. But what people didn't understand is he only had 4% of registered voters, of Democrat voters, because it's a primary, right? Wow. So really, right, people aren't seeing that. They can call that a land. I don't call 4% of the vote and he gets 90% of it. That's like these little um, polls they do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's such a narrative. It's such a, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. And it's like, but if you look at prior primaries out there, you will see for yourself that the numbers are way right. off. And we know this, but for other people that don't, yeah. it's also another way to skew public opinion and persuade people to say, oh, he's really doing well. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to vote for him then. Right. And and what's crazy is you hear certain people, you know, because some people are scared to, for Trump to get back into office. And at the end of the day, I don't really care. Um, I care more about what's going on more locally when it comes to elections, because Trump does more stuff that's going to affect everybody. So if it's, if I got to deal with it, then everybody dealing with it because he at the top. So end of the day, that's somewhere where we can unite and fight, whatever. Uh, but when it comes to the local things, that's stuff that I can actual, you know, get out here 
and, and, and make some noise about so that people are aware of what's going on. And I'll tell you right now, man, Minnesota is a shit show. A shit show. We have a whole shit show going on right now for the simple fact of that our mayor, Minneapolis mayor, made it a joke the other. Well, supposedly, I don't care what it was. But even if it was a joke, it was a, a distasteful joke. And literally because downtown is, is slipping, they're losing their, you know, business. Uh, people aren't coming down there. So he made a joke was saying that, you know, people that work from home are, are nasty cat people um, and, and lazy and all these things. And so he was trending on Twitter yesterday. And people were saying, of, oh, look at how your mayor is talking about you and, you know, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And he's like, at the end of the day, if people really thought about and understood his words, he was talking about a certain few. He wasn't talking about everybody downtown because at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure there's people that work from home and would prefer to come downtown, back downtown and work. It's you have these so these activists that do these that type of shit, and they be them cat people. That's what I the whole everything about his statement or joke, whatever it was, he was directing that shit towards a, a few, a crowd of people that he knows that because of the voices they have are very loud and powerful. He was making a joke, a jab at them. But if people, you're not in the movement and you don't know what's going on, you're not going to understand. And that's what happened is that the news media was able to take his joke and use it out of context for whatever advantage they want to do because people weren't going to understand what he was saying. Because when you really do look on Twitter, if you look, I can give you five names. And if you look on their Facebook and Twitter profiles, they have cats all over their pages. And he was directing that shit at, at, at these organizers. And that's what people don't even realize. Because they're cat people. I just thought this shit was funny how the, these whiny crybabies were making, oh, he's making cat jokes, talking about ladies. Oh, he's not. He's talking about you activists that want to come to city council, to come to city hall, use your little your mommy and daddy's money to protest. You little yuppies. I'm not saying that you guys are all bad, but some are. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Robert, that it had a lot to do with the downtown improvement district because they're going to lose money. There's contracts that if they can't fulfill, why, why would Target or Honeywell or Cargill pay to keep our, our let's go uh, uh, U.S. Bank who I think just left downtown why would they continue to stay and they're, the money that they're putting into this isn't even being used properly they're putting millions and millions of dollars for safety for all different types of shit and you think they get any of that they're not they're not getting their dollars worth right now so of course they're going to move and then they want to continue taxing them because I'll tell you right now, what other people don't see is Minnesota is about to have a housing tax on our paychecks and when we go to the store. 
So y'all want to sit there and, and whine, find something else to whine and cry about because there's so many other things that we possibly could than your mayor making a joke. Like that ass. I'm not even trying to be like the, the uh, 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 condescending or, or, um, or I, guess, I don't even know under no articulate ass words to be smart with right now or funny with but yeah basically and people don't even understand that because they want to take all this shit serious but then when it comes to um talking about people that are actually being bombed or you know people that are losing their lives and you know about maybe a rape or you know somebody's baby sleeping and getting shot and then oh that's what all you niggers get damn that's how you feel bro but you're not you're not racist but y'all think that shit's funny. Or you have a black legislator who's talking about black people and then you share you share a, a gift of a black man being dragged out of a car by a cop. Like, what type of shit is that? It's, that's it's not funny to me. And that should be, be, be crazy as hell to me how we sit there and say that we have people out here saying that they're black just because your skin color is black or they want to consider you black, don't make you one of us. Because all skin folk ain't kin folk. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because I look a lot at these niggas as Uncle Ruckus. I'll be like, stop saying that you, you are by any means necessary type of nigga when the minute the popo come, you want to act like a ho-ho. Might as well just go jump on the other side. I'm talking about, oh, if you get paid by the city, you a piggy. Well, put on that nose. Go go over there and put on the costume. Just like how they got that, that Chick-fil-A costume. I'm talking about, eat more chicken. Go over there and just put on the piggy outfit and be like, oink, 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 oink. Like, shit, that's all I see. You can't even, I sit there and I go at, I can't even say, I ask questions, right? To community leaders or organizations that are led by white people, but say they're for black people. Um, and, and then they send their minions. They send their puppets. And it's like, all, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful and ask a question. That's it. And then they want to send their minions. Like, I don't understand that. Why not just ask the question? Why not answer it? Because I, I, I get tired of our so-called community leaders always juking and jiving away from real questions. <laughs> what happened? Did I miss nah, you're going to be cracking up with the juke and the jive in my bed. <laughs> oh, bro, that's how they be, though. They be just like the police. How they, nah, they you supposed right. to be you right. Servant, they be bucking and swerving. Like that ass. <laughs> I swear to God. It Bruh. is the only time these people are accessible is during an election year. That's why I don't fuck with a lot of these, these politicians because... At the end of the day, they're not all accessible. You know, they claim to be. And I'll tell you right now, they only answer when they want to answer. Not all of them, 
because I can tell you right now, I could I could pick up my phone right now and call three different legislators that I know, state legislators, and I guarantee at least one of the three would pick up. And I already know who it would be because he's always been that way with me. And, and it doesn't matter of if we disagree or agree with what I'm doing, he will at least put his two cents in and at least try to help. And I, I got to get, because every time I've ever reached out to him, he's always done that, whether it's been about uh, bills, about the committees he's in, or, you know, just asking questions for clarity or better understanding uh, so that I can help people better understand it because I don't see people out here explaining these bills that are coming out because we just had the North Star Act uh, press conference yesterday, right? I don't see people talking about that in the community. How does the North Star Act gonna affect our communities, right? Because they're talking about how, how much money it's gonna bring. But you know what's crazy is, what did Biggie always say? More money, more problems. Because everybody want to talk about all this money, but nobody wants to talk about the problems that come with them, with that, with that payola, with that moolah. Because hmm. there's always problems when money's at play. That's one of the the number one things that get people played killed out here. Money. What 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 did uh 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 Big Worm say to Smokey? Fucking with my money is like fucking with his um, but with with my emotions. More money, more problems, and people don't even understand that. Things it don't make problems go away. It don't make it go away because if money did make problems go away, Diddy would be cool right now. Right. Did he be cool? Mm -hmm. It doesn't. These police departments would be cool. These city governments would be cool, but they not. And they should never be okay for the type of money and, and non-disclosure agreements that are signed every day in America to sweep shit under the rug. And because these families don't understand the contracts, because that's what I'm going to call it, a contract. Because the non-disclosure agreement is a contract. I'm sorry, there ain't no other way around that. It's a contract. It's a contract for you. They're going to pay you to shut the fuck up. And if you do say anything, they're going to come and take all that money back. So why do you think a lot of these families, when they make settlements, even though they, got, they made a settlement with the city, that doesn't mean that the city agrees to that they admitted any wrongdoing. It's just the fact that if they went to court, they would lose. That's it. That's it. They would never admit any any guilt in those civil suits. Never. That's why you will see payments. Ricky Cobb, his friend, they'll be paid. Nobody goes, nobody, no lawyer wants to go to trial. None of them. Even though I would love for a civil trial for one of these police cases here. In Minnesota, 
Yeah, I would have loved for the, the lawsuit that was just settled the other day in city council, the Minnesota Freedom Fighters. I would have loved for that to go to trial because I would have loved for people to see how they were paying these nonprofits to sit there and watch protesters. Because that would have came out in open court, all them contracts, the, the relationship between Mayor Fry or Frey and the Freedom Fighters. Man, that, that, that relationship would have came out. But be the now won't nobody talk about the shit. Because they got an NDA. Man, we got And I know that we're well, still talking about blackness. Because that shit protects them. And all because it's money, we think that shit's okay. We we want the the because I don't even see money as being accountability anymore. It shouldn't be no form of it shouldn't even be considered a type of justice. It really shouldn't. Because are, are we putting dollar values on our lives? Now I understand where Pac said we worth more dead than alive. Especially at the hands of the police. Because that that's what's crazy to me. Only... Ah, that shit just blows my mind, man. We are, though. We're literally, you know what's crazy, John Till? Is that somebody going to end up trying to whack us. And if they do potentially end up coming through and, and, and being successful, that's when I, that's when we're going to blow up and people going to take us serious. Oh, yeah. Oh, that nigga was a real one. Yep. Did y'all ever, did y'all hear his, all that, his music too? Oh, that nigga was a real one. Just that like, nigga wasn't knowing damn well they didn't fuck with us. Yep. Knowing damn well they didn't fuck with us. That's what's crazy. That's why I, I really, you, people have to stick close to the ones that show you loyalty. Fuck that love shit because love got a price. Love has a price. They say love don't cost a thing. That's a motherfucking lie. Loyalty don't cost a thing. Niggas got the game fucked up. Loyalty don't got a price. Love do. That's what I, I, I really, people don't. We've been taught the, everything that we needed to know. It was just crazy of how misconstrued our fucked up or took in and then misconstrued to us that's the whole problem man we had to look at that shit for what it really was because people always told us don't hate the player hate the game what was that telling you i was telling like shit i see what you're saying yeah i see what you're saying oh don't but i really didn't i really didn't understand what they was talking about back then but now i see don't hate the player don't hate me for it because I'm only being I'm doing allowed to do this because of somebody else. And that somebody else could really potentially stop it, but they don't want to. Because it makes money. Mm-hmm. Right? This game makes money. That's the there's money on both sides, regardless if you are fighting crime, fighting the drug war, or you're involved in it. You want to keep going. You want it to keep going. There's money on both sides of that shit. And so much money because what? Crime pays. Crime pays. 
Corine pays. And we don't understand that. We're, we're nothing but dollar signs to these people. Dollar signs. Because I'll say it again. How can... We just heard Minneapolis. They just got an extra $2 million. And that was only going to help 137 people. Not families, people. How the fuck is that even possible? I just think about that. Damn, 137 people with $2 million. Damn, I could do a lot with that. I could do a lot with that. And I really could do a whole lot more for 130, more than 137 people too. I could probably do stuff for about a 1,370 people. But they don't think like that. They don't, because you know, everybody got to get paid at the top. They got the administration calls. Big brother got to get paid. They didn't care, little brother. That's why I say this shit's a Ponzi scheme too. Popularity contest. You eat my butt, I'm gonna eat your butt. That's how I literally see this shit now. Fuck the dress. I eat your, you eat my butt, I eat your butt. What? No, I don't get into that, playboy. Crazy shit. But it's Friday. It's Friday. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their their, their beautiful day. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for for joining in to the uh, conservative. Also, the, the earlier before my show was the Coffins Colonizer. He talked about me, MIA, Mia, I think that's what she went by, missing in action. Um, hmm. No, I don't know if that's what it was for, hmm. but but I talked about Jay-Z and uh, Issa Rae. Um, I think people really need to pay attention to what is going on. Because um, I do believe that the year 2024 is the year of the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I've, I've I've looked at various ways of how could, like, is there some kind of thing that, like, number-wise or, you know, sign-wise or anything that just says that, okay, year 2024 is the year of the truth? Because you hear so many people saying it and couldn't mm -hmm. find anything. So I'll just say it. The year 2024 is obviously the year of truth because we've seen so many truths come out you know um i always thought that mr I think what is the name snowden mm -hmm. eric snowden was, was in prison edward, edward snowden yeah yeah edward snowden i i always believed that from my understanding he was in prison mm -hmm. he's not he's he's in a he's not in a phys actual prison but he's like locked away somewhere right no, like he, he, he can't come to the US or some shit. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he, I, I wouldn't either, but yeah, he's in Russia, yeah, not in a prison, 
but he can't go to just any country because if he goes yeah, to he any country, to because he will be extradited right. back to the U.S. So in theory, yeah, he's still, right. I mean, he, he technically is like you know what I mean. Right. He's, well, no, I mean he kind of is, but they treat him good over there though. Putin, Putin likes him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because Tara Mead was brought up too. I don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. But I seen they were she was brought up and somebody else was brought up too about being released. Um some American and Putin Putin said um he's been way too nice to America. Way too nice. But I, I really listened to a lot that he said, because I I listened to it this morning and last night. And I, I will say this, damn, he said a lot in those two hours. Um I was kind of blown away from a few things of how the dollar's going down and how the people from BRICS mm-hmm. and how yep. much they're up and coming and how much China think about oh, how much think about how much of the world's population and the world's GDP the BRICS nations or as they're known now BRICS plus actually represents and there's like 30 some other countries that have signed up and are planning on signing up to be a part of BRICS. The right. G7 nations are shaking in their boots and they should oh. be. Well, because it shows it shows the power of the black and brown, the global south of the world. Right. Like we really are the majority. Melanated people of the world are the majority. And so like these Western nations, as they call them, uh, really do have to start looking at themselves and the decisions that they make and how it actually affects the majority of the population versus the small, quote-unquote, industrialized countries and all the stuff that we consume and just throw away for no reason, for example. Right, because people definitely... Because he said some big shit, man. And uh, one of the things that he said that I, I really I still it makes me wonder of why he said it um and it's like is he is he because i'll tell you right now people want to talk about viral i think that damn video's got 100 million views right now i don't it ain't even been up 24 hours yet that's the crazy part so you got people all over the world that wanted to watch this damn putin and tucker carlson yeah, 121 million in 16 hours. That's insane. That's insane. And the shit that that man says on there of that America needs to close its border for the simple fact that if we don't, that all, we got a whole nother 9-11 coming because we're allowing these people to just to come in. And it's not about the fact that they don't dislike us. It's about the fact that they dislike our government and want to hurt our government. It has not it ain't even so much to do about us the people. It's our government. <laughs> and and it's just sad of how people will sit there and, and think about it of oh they don't they just want to hurt us. They just wanna they just wanna do this, they don't wanna do no. It's about our government and how America has bullied other countries, how America has took over and 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 literally has killed leaders in other countries 
that's what I'll, I'll tell you right now because I don't honestly feel that none of these people got any issues with me because I ain't got nothing with them. I ain't got no power to do nothing. Just like they ain't got no power to do nothing either. So what is the only way to fight back when people aren't listening to you? <laughs> right? Silence equals violence. And until people fully understand that, you know, America says that we we are a country with integrity, that we are a country that believes in freedom. Our agendas, our, 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 our policies don't always show freedom. They don't always show that we're a, we're a country that is, is for all. So don't blame people being mad at America for some of the things that they've done because through history, Nelson Mandela, uh, Gaddafi, um, some some great people that were, I feel, no shit, the evidence is there that America really tried to silence and kill. And then they uplifted the, the Osama bin Laden's, uh, you know, to, they paid for them to be able to do the things that they were doing, but then want to, when it got out of hand, want to just put, blame it all on them, just like what America does here with black men. They give us the crack. They give us the guns. And then want to penalize us like fuck for it, but not the people that are actually bringing it in. Right? They don't, they don't want to go at the CIA or the FBI or the DEA. Alphabet boys. Right? Because then it exposes the government for participating in proxy wars and funding proxy wars, right? So I'm gonna leave off at there. I'm gonna let John Tell get a couple things in and then I'll be right back. So go ahead, my brother. Bet, so make sure y'all go and check out the episode that just aired uh, a couple hours ago, The Colonizer's Coffin. I touched on african exploration whether it was the western or southern coast of africa that traveled to the americas or whether it was the horn of africa or the eastern coast of africa that traveled to india we got around the white historic historians and uh archaeologists and whatnot like to say that we were not seafarers but evidence shows contrary uh, and we also covered, as Chaz mentioned, MIA and her allegations against Jay-Z, how he not only blackballed her, ruined her career, she was also married to uh, a rich billionaire family that seems to be one of the top elite families of the world who basically ruined her, uh, stole her son, and will not let her see her son and prevents her from, I believe, entering the U.S. And so she's had enough. And she goes on a big rant about it. And, you know, just like so many other people, <clears throat> Kanye West, uh, there are number of people who may come off like they're just delirious or having a mental health crisis. But does that mean that they're speaking falsehoods? I think that this case looks needs uh, some looking into. So I definitely cover that. And then I also cover how Issa Rae touches on how Hollywood, uh, i.e. the writing industry, uh, the movies, TV shows, a lot of black 
themed shows and programs have been uh, getting canceled as of recently or on the decline since 2020 and the promises that were made by companies, organizations, writing studios and whatnot. An onslaught of George Floyd 2020 racial awakening, DEI incentives and all that like and the impact that it has made but were they really serious about making those promises i don't think so a lot of us don't think so and the proof is in the pudding now that a lot of these shows four years later are starting to get canceled but it also comes in cycles reminiscent of 30 years ago in the 90s going into the 2000s how the same thing happened and it actually is just they use us as a stepping stone to get more credibility for their network so that they can gain more money and then go mainstream so tune in to the colonizers coffin check out more in-depth information on what i'm talking about and uh appreciate y'all hope y'all have a blessed day make sure you follow like and subscribe to both our programs and Chaz, i'll give it back to you thank you thank you thank you thank you and there you have it folks redefining blackness from resistance to empowerment i hope this conversation sparks reflection and inspires change. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Urban Conservative. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and keep pushing for progress. One or fail, freedom or jail, heaven or hell. I mean, heaven or jail, wish me well. See y'all later. Urban Conservative.